My Disney Plus subscription. It's Rafi. And I'm Lizzie McGuire's new LGBTQ friendly best friend. It's New Parish, y'all. And this is Wait, Wait Don't, don't do, do It. The show we tell you to Wait. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy I'm grateful, because that's the key to life. Right, you're right. We know what's after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. And I know you're doing your shopping online. Oh, you waiting Cyber Monday. What, what you doing? You going out there? Um, are you going back to work on Cyber Monday? Um, yes. But, you know, if you have, yeah, I mean, if you have an office job, you lock yourself in there doing your lunch break, mate. And what are you going to get for Cyber Monday? I'm going to get more wigs. <laughs> Where are you going to look? <laughs> wigs by Vanity? Wigs. <laughs> no, no, on Amazon. Girl, ooh, wigs by Vanity on Cyber Monday sale? Bro, they, they can't see your wig right now, but... But your wig right now is astounding. Oh my god! And only for thirty eight dollars, you gotta be you a cheap queen girl. But mm-hmm. these Amazon wigs are stepping up, so I just want to give a shout out to this because this blondness, you just feel better about yourself. You said that having blonde hair <laughs> just turns a girl on. It in does. You. It's it's amazing. It feels it feels right. Okay. <laughs> well, th- we're today we were just like pushing away, like not pushing away. What am I saying? Today, we just wanted to take a step back from our narrative this season with childhood and just be give us give y'all some life updates, what's going on with us, what's going on in 2019, and then what do we have to look forward to in 2020, bitch, because that's right around the corner. Right, right. Even though we'll do a New Year's episode, I'm sure. We will. And also, shout out to us, because we started this in March. So this is our first Thanksgiving. Are we going to set a traditional, like... Are we gonna have a- Oh my god, we haven't had a first holiday special. We did this we started this year, y'all? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we started in March. Twenty nineteen has been very crazy, I know, for all of us. Um but now that we are a quarter way through our season, we've had six great sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I was right. Oh I should just kept going. We've had six great episodes thus far with three great interviewers, interviewees, yeah, right? we're halfway through the season. So we want to shout out Jamie A., Sabina G., and Amr for being the first three people to premiere our season. It's been such great reception, such good feedback. We're so over the moon. No, fa- fierce, fierce. So, uh, what are you grateful for at this moment? Because now that I don't have to rely on the Shine app, I just find myself being like, I've already, because again, gratefulness is a perspective and you have to really look for it in your life. Um, so you really have to kind of sit down every day and create a pattern in your life and you're like, what am I actually grateful for? And then your brain starts picking up that pattern. So today, quick fire round. What are you grateful for, Nino? Oh my gosh, I actually did this with my boyfriend, Prince. We'll see him later in the season. Hey, boo. Uh, we did this today like Best Buy. <laughs> I was like, what are you grateful for today? Because um, we do. You kind of practice what you preach, y'all. You know what I'm mm. saying? What am I grateful for today? Ooh, I'm grateful that I got to watch 101 Dalmatians, the original animated. Corinne DeVille is fierce. I just want is that to, on there? Yes. I just want to live my fantasy. I'm going to get one of those fucking long cigarette holders, bitch, and just start living. That's what I decided to do. But Watching you watch... Uh, Disney Snow movies. White is hilarious. You were living, you were acting with Snow White and the Horsemen. It, I, I feel the Horsemen, the Dwarves, girl. I feel like Disney Plus has really came to cure our seasonal depression. So I, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm a Disney girl. I've always been a Disney girl. I have all the VHSs at home. So get into like have it on demand and watch 
all the terrible animation, all the crazy sexism and racism, but also all the love and beauty. I was, uh, again, I've been telling everyone, I was a poor kid, so I had no exposure to Disney movies, but I had all the exposure to Disney Channel. And I'm just living my That's All Raven. But I'm realizing some things are not translating anymore. Like, I cannot watch Lizzie McGuire anymore, really. I'll give it another shot. But to me... But for my white women out there who, like me, was all about Lizzie <laughs> McGuire, it's still here. Because, you know, sometimes you don't believe your mom, but you're really the right one. Or sometimes there's a bitch at work you got to deal with. But it's okay, boo. Just show them love and compassion. I'm really Is that what that show's about? Yes. Hey now. Who, hey now. Who sings that theme song? Because after I heard that, I love the theme song. Thing in the town. Oh wait. Right. Like if you th- guess the theme song talks about. It's like you know you think we got it made. You better think again. Like we're just living our lives. You know we're not perfect. <laughs> Fierce. Fears. Uh, oh my gosh. Also, that's, can we just give a quick shout out to High School Musical, the musical, the series? Oh, I fell in love with that. Yeah, I prescribed that to anybody that's like needing a certain, something to binge real quick. Really modern and fresh for Disney Plus, more risque, like a, like, like a, like what Glee was supposed to be. Yeah, because Glee was, Glee was just too much where they were talking in those weird little jokes the entire time. And <laughs> Don't do that to my show. That, yeah, that's like, yeah that's, if I could describe. Like, describe uh, Shout out to uh, Kirk Colfer. You know, we got the same birthday, Jim and I. And Smith. hopefully, like, no one dies in High School Musical. Oh, my God. People die, okay? Glee, the Glee, Coming Glee up has just been cursed. So I would just, I just could never watch the show again. And The Mandalorian, me and Prince are watching because it's terrible. I want you to know, it's fully terrible. The worst fucking writing I've seen, the worst fucking show I've ever seen is terrible. There's no reason. I don't even believe Rocky made worth it. I really, they, like, a robot wrote it. And they just went with it because it's the most predictable, terrible show ever. However, it has produced, I think, the last great meme of 2019, which is that Baby Yoda meme. Okay, so life updates as for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> um, I No, what have I actually been watching on Disney Channel Plus? Camp Rock. Does not translate the same anymore, by the way. I didn't watch it before and don't watch it now. Really? Was that like you were past that age? No, it wasn't that. I I fully believed all those artists were terrible, and I stand by that right now. I mean, I don't <laughs> fully believe that now, but I used to really rock for Ken Rock. I even tried to watch the new one to see what it was because I never saw the second one. Yikes! Yikes! I had to turn that one off. But I've been watching uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. That is still translating very well. That's so even so hilarious. That's so hilarious. But season four was not to. Uh, um, I really, really, really love watching animated shows. You know, there's Groove Troop and DuckTales and Kim Possible, Little Einsteins and all the real G's out there. No Little Einsteins. So you could play classical music with all them diverse children. It was really good. And Out of the Box. I haven't watched any of the Disney Junior stuff. I, was that even an Out of the Box? I knew the theme song, but I don't think I ever actually watched Out of the Box. Oh, my gosh. We got on a tangent. We were talking about things we were grateful for. So what are you grateful for today? Go, go, go. Um, I'm definitely grateful for the fact that I woke up before... Like, today, I, yesterday I had a really good night. I went out with my, uh, one of my clients for his birthday. Hi, Peyton. Happy birthday. How was it? It was cute. It was fun. Uh, we went to, I really drank. Like, I only had four drinks, but bitch, honey. You don't drink like that no more, though. You know, we're getting old in age. So, uh, <laughs> someone coined it for me today. They, I raid out. So, I didn't black out. I definitely remember everything, but I don't remember how I got in bed. And I definitely forgot to set an alarm. So, I woke up at 8.15, oh at 8.45 for my 9 o'clock class today. Oh, my God. Got to work God. right on time. Super hungover. 
Um, Shout but out to I'm, my responsible girls. I'm grateful that I've developed this sense of responsibleness. Responsibility. Responsibility. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Um, or spell it. Um, that's <laughs> not true. I'm also excited that I got to see my family. They're here. They're here with me. They're finally seeing everything that I've done um, with uh, my apartment, having my own space, having a good, stable job. And recently, um, I've been kind of keeping a secret, but now I can say more about it. Um, back in October, I auditioned for 305 Fitness. A really fierce dance place. I, you know, do not like fitness, y'all, because I'm a regular person. Who likes working out? No one. But we got to be healthy, y'all, so we just got to do it. But anyway... We went to that dance class, and it was so much fun. Such a cute studio, so hyper, so, like, positive. 55-minute dance party where you incorporate Tony for a little bit, but it's really mostly about just having fun, and it's about, like, living your best life while you're working out. Not thinking about an image, not thinking about what you want to get, but just thinking about what you have and to work with it. Right. Um, A lot of diversity, a lot of people with different shapes and sizes, so I really felt, you know, comfortable being there. And that's what's important. And I feel very seen in that company. I um, I recently went to New York for their training. Uh, that was very awesome. I got to work with a lot of great dancers uh, that are teaching in New York, Boston, and uh, I'm getting really close with my the girl that I'm going with. It's like I'm redoing my fraternity thing because it's like you you're in a pledging state where you're not Kappa, a Kappa, Kappa, honey. But like, I, but like now I'm really feeling invested. I'm like when I was in a fraternity. Um, this is amazing. So I'm just in a really like sense of good happiness right now but i find myself worrying or finding reasons to worry because that's rafi wow wow so here we are and moving the last month of 2019 and so much has happened you know we started our podcast like you said in march we had how many episodes it was like 13, 14 episodes, and then... Yeah, 15 in the first episode. 15, 15. fuck. <laughs> and then we, you know, took a little break and came up with this concept and just got it into playing and gear in like a month, and it, it's been... definitely been a ride this year. We got great music from Lana Del Rey, Lizzo. Um, I have been listening to nothing but uh, Jenna Aiko's song, None of Your Concern. I still haven't heard it. It... Takes me a place. I always have to skip uh, Big they Sean's part because he's annoying. It triggers me, and luckily she spaced it out like ninety <laughs> seconds after. She spaced it after like like from the last word that she sings to his first line. It is a good thirty second interlude, bitch. So she is not messing with him. Um, but it really, that's the song that's been on replay. But honestly, it's that song and then a bunch of three or five songs I've been listening to. Oh, we also got Ariana's "Thank You Next." Oh, are you talking about in the year? I'm yeah. Right now. Um, in the Thank You Next, that was a really... Was that in 2019? Yeah. Bitch. That was... Yes, because that was our... Okay, so <laughs> this is like coming out of the vault, but we actually have these like original four episodes that we recorded on a computer for that for Wait, Don't Do It, remember? Yeah. And we like sat down and talked about... Yeah, that was 2019 because we sat down and talked about all the songs... Um, <laughs> the Ariana Grande songs and how they could correlate to like bad behavior. Yes, we went through their whole album review. And you dragged her. You dragged her. <laughs> but, no, and then she had this new Charlie's Angel album that was a total disaster. Um, don't call me Angel, and I'm gonna move on. And, yeah, but well, we got but we got to have Lil Nas X and you know Lil Lizelle and Lil Nas X are the lead Grammy. Uh, not those were the most nominations. Which is crazy, and it's the black people, and it's black queer people, and it's black people of different shapes and sizes. I'll argue that black people were always getting nominated. 
I agree, but I think these two artists specifically speak to so many. Give them the Grammy. I'll be happy when they get the Grammy. Right. I, because but, Beyonce was the most nominated person going into her thing, and she was robbed majorly. So. She was Rabiana. Rabiana. Um, but she's still the most awarded artist um, alive, period. Thank you, Shane King. So, about that. Uh, <laughs> that? Someone, someone let this know. Free-ish. Free-ish. At Free-ish Media, at Shane King. They don't like each other, though, but... Um, oh, are we up in the tea? <laughs> who, who, are we, are we Which black gays are the best? <laughs> Shay Ruth, Shay King, <laughs> Jason Lee. <laughs> we wouldn't go there. <laughs> Jason Lee. Hollywood a lot, Jason Lee. Oh, I can understand him. I can understand Jason <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Fuck you, Jason. Yeah. Anyway, um, no, but I, I think they have such a good. Um, connection with their audiences it, it really transcends you know a lot of the our identities and really brings people together so I think that's really great um, and I, I just don't know the year went by so fast this, to me even though it's not like a crazy year this was a calm year think about like the disasters and like the shit that's happened in 2016 2015 uh, I'm not wishing nothing bad but like it was a calm year like I think this was like the worst year <laughs> I think I've had such a rough go at it this year. Yeah, I mean, you ha- you've had a lot happen to you this year. Right. We're going we to go into it. We're going to go into that. All right, we, it's going to transition to an interview. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting down with a new pair today. For all exclusive tell-all. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> so, um, recently, uh, season three, season two was supposed to be our uh, season where... We really, like, edited the podcast together, really had a, more of a plan. But recently, uh, we had a... You had a... I don't know how to introduce this. This is, you know... This is a lot. This is a lot. So you go ahead, baby. <laughs> um, so I, I had to be away out of the state for a few weeks. Three or four weeks. Three weeks. Um, back where I'm from in North Carolina, uh, my dad is no longer with us. Mm. He passed... On November 6th, and prior to that, in October, I believe, right, I went down, <coughs> and we had taken him to the hospital as a result of just his awareness. Um, so in 2007, my dad got diagnosed with a brain cancer, right, brain mm-hmm. cancer, had a brain tumor that was removed in surgery, so that was 12 years ago. He was originally given... 15, 18 months to live, so, you know, 12 years is remarkable. Yeah. The, he had the same kind of uh, glioplastoma that, you know, Edward Kennedy had, I believe John McCain had, and they had both been passed. You know, the same doctor that worked on Senator Kennedy worked on my dad, you know what I mean? So wow. it I is, it. yeah, so it has been such a journey, um, but then the brain tumor came back, so... He was transferred to hospice for about seven days, and then he passed, yeah, a week later. They made the funeral a week later, and I can talk about the funeral process, bitch. That is the That's gag. the tea. That's the tea. That's, what you're pro- that's probably what you most want to talk about, because you were going through it. I, I just couldn't imagine. That, like, talking to you through that whole experience made me question if I could deal with that. Right, right. So I, I think that is something that has been interesting it's just it's it's important to talk about and the reason I'm doing it on this podcast is just because I always wanted this to be my outlet and I think it's important to talk about I, I remember you know my family my mom and my only child so it's always been my mom my dad and myself and you know we're kind of very private and so we were kind of, I was always told to not really talk about 
you know, the surgery and kind of what happened and, you know, even keeping it from, like, immediate family, all the real details. So now I'm doing, like, the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 12 years later. So I I just wanted to talk about my experiences um, because death is inevitable no matter what. You know what I mean? And no matter how you get there, have to go through it. It's a process. Well, it seemed like you had already coped with a lot because during those 12 to 15 years you had it with your father post the tumor, um, it definitely impacted the way he communicated and the connection right. you guys could. So you, had you, were you already working your way up to this moment or preparing yourself or what is that? Right. What happened there? Where did those emotions go? You know... I think, I think I realized the complexity of human emotions because I think when I was younger, I was trying to like, you know, sever it or sever the relationship, you know, prepare for death constantly, which always left me in such an anxious and panicked state. And, you know, that's a 12 years. So, you know, imagine being like on edge for that, for that long. So then I got to a point where I just tried to do like the opposite, which is just like not think about it. Right. Mm. Um, but that doesn't really do anything either. Cause when you repress it, it comes out, huh? So now I still find myself, I definitely think I present really well. And I think I definitely have been able to be a, you know, voice for my mom who has had a rough (laughs) time dealing with this because we're still dealing with it. Um, And just be a support for family and other people. Mm. But yeah, I've definitely had a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. So I remember like being emotional for like one week straight yeah. and then not having emotions. And then now I'm like back on another emotional swing. So it just, it goes in and out. Mm. And you, you said that grief was a more selfish thing. Yeah. I, that's the one thing I, I, I learned. The definition of grief to me. Cause I never thought of it that way. Right. Right. Um, Obviously, I'm I'm not that religious. <laughs> some of my some of my views of the universe and energy kind of help me process this, I believe. Um, but what you learn, you know, when someone passes, um, and I come from a black Christian Southern family, so there's certain just traditions, right? <laughs> so, so the traditions are are just are, are really intense rituals. If you are not in the culture, like objectively, I it, it, it surprised me how like tribal. We still are just as a people um, because it's, it's a ceremony. It's like the way they treat the body and all this other stuff. And it's like they're dead, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, this is a lot. Um, but what were you going to be saying about uh, how grief is? I, I really think a lot of depth is a satisfaction of ego. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that people come and they want to come to your house and want to be around you. And it's so weird because sometimes like people who you've been spoken to in decades and it's like, uh, right, you know, yeah. is it really that kind of relationship? And I'm not, you know, denying that there aren't relationships that were powerful and meaningful, you know, for my father before I existed, you know, when I was younger. So, but it's just weird that the, the grieving family has to like take on some emotions because like, why are you crying? I'm yeah, crying. <laughs> yeah, I noticed you. It's funny enough because when you brought up that, someone at my job recently died. Right, right. Got hit by a car. And um, this person uh, was a hard worker. I saw him every day. I always gave him a fist bump. Um, he was a special soul. 
Uh, did not obviously fit in with the culture, but he still really just really was just killed everyone with kindness. Right. Um, people did walk all over him, and I realized that the energy that when he was alive is not what it is now that he's dead. And um, and there's and again that made me realize. And I don't think it's wrong. Like I guess I'm not judging anybody. I'm not coming from a place of judgment. But it is a. It just showed that death does something to a person. Where it, like. It, you you feel like you have to be this person, or you feel right. like you have to care about this person. And I wish we would just be so just more open about it. I yeah. think in society, and I, I think we just naturally and it makes sense as a species because the death is you know the end of you. So obviously yeah. it's not something you want to think about. But yeah. I think we just push it away so much that when it does happen, that's why people make such a big it's not the person, deal of it. And it's not about the person anymore. It's about right. You. It's never about the person. That's the crazy part. That's when what I, was, I noticed. Uh, yeah. When I was going through the the funeral arrangements, which if you have like. A I guess that traditional American funeral, right? There's a church, and you have to have a casket and a burial, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Why are we burying dead bodies? Um, it's a lot of space. Like my mom, well, my mom, like I said, I think it's a lot of it's ritualistic and it's embedded into culture because like how much cost it is, especially in this economy, especially today. It's like I want to break down the cost for y'all. Let's be real. Like a standard, you know, casket is like what. Like a real, like a not a pine box, right? Yeah, it's like two to three thousand dollars. That's crazy. A box that's gonna go in the fucking ground. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, to 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 buy the the land you're gonna put the dead body in. I mean, I sound really like removed, but I just want to be very clear. Um, it's a thousand dollars to like dig it and put it, you know, dig it and make sure this clothes is eight hundred. Flowers are two hundred. It's going on the ground. So, like, if you wanted to have people, you know, do something with the hair or the face, 200 something dollars. It's, like, crazy. Yeah, I... It's, like, you're spending... We spent a total of $11,000. So, you spend $11,000 on something that only you are assigning meaning to. Like... Yeah. Literally. My mom, uh, after after you talked about all this, I told my mom, I was like, I don't want to have a funeral for you. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to deal with people in our family that I have never had to deal with. And, and we'll, put a, we'll put a trigger warning right for the episode because I do think, I'm sorry to cut you off, I do think when, I, I want to say thank you to my friends, right, and my, um, who have been with me through all this, but it, it, it's weird because I can see everyone like, you kind of freak out, right? Because you're like, oh my God, that could happen to me. Yeah. For my parents, what would I do? Because you have no idea. Yeah. And you have no idea until it happens, which again is why we keep pushing it away. It's crazy. Yeah. But continue. Sorry. No, my therapist said you have to have these conversations with your parents. Yeah. Just, in, just full transparency. Because why are we avoiding it? Like, it's not going to happen. Um, I, but I, and I told my mom, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to like go to a funeral and deal with people and be nice to people like I'm not oh my god yeah, like, because you, you then you have visitation you sit, yes. on a, you sit on a row no. and people randomly come up to you and like say you're sorry and hug you and, no. th- and sometimes you don't even know who the fuck they are that, and it's, it is crazy to me I'm like I don't know who you are you're adults, <laughs> yeah, that, that, but the, you're able to do that I don't it is, it is so it, but it's part of what's expected <laughs> and, you, and you know how proud he feels when people expect things from him he I was just gagged. I was gagged yeah. the whole time. I was like, "Oh, I can't like move. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do anything." You're you're on, you're on a pedestal too, right? Right, and you know, I appreciate. You know, I think I always want to appreciate the love, and I think that's something I learned mm-hmm. is the power of love and mm-hmm. and commitment because I I think that's what helps us move on, helps us cope, and helps us remember who we 
uh, cherish in our hearts. So yeah. I, and I and I appreciate that. I just think a lot of it is just misdirected. Like, yeah. um, number one, I I don't have to deal with your emotions. Like, if I had something wrong, I would go to a therapist. Yeah. So you do that too. If you come, yeah, come, you know, for me, right? Yeah. Now, so you can have your own sense of closure which again and does not what, exist y'all it's and true. that's what and that's what I was referencing back to what I've been seeing work it's like they're having their closure their moment for it's so person. selfish and but like I said I'm not gonna press judgment on people how people grieve because same as we flipped I just said that I probably my mom after having this conversation my parents still said they wanted to be buried first of all she's trying to get buried in El Salvador we'll see about that um, right, and and, that, and, like, and and like while that's like a nice sentiment, and I'm not like saying yeah. to your mom or just yeah. anyone else is out but you're there imposing that on people that are like right, and if you don't have the money for, or also but like you're dead, and again, I know that people have beliefs, but even if we're going to heaven, we're going to afterlife, in the reality on earth, yeah, they are gone, yeah. And I, well, that money could be used for something else. It could be used for tuition, yeah. helping your kid pay rent, helping disadvantaged people. Well, my, my, like, my, why my, not invest my, it back? My mom said she has life insurance, so she's like, oh, well, y'all are going to spend, like, that's where the money's going, so really, y'all are taking care of pay Right. I, what I have to say, though, and like I said, I, but I'm glad I had this conversation because we did find a, like, a meeting. I told her I wanted to, like, you know, cremate, I, I lean more to cremation. I think too. cremation makes more sense. sense. And did you know, I'm, I'm sorry, so, I, <laughs> It's been a, it's been a rough November. So, three days or four days later, yeah. my dad's sister um, passed. Her funeral is today. My mom just came from it. <laughs> As we're recording, um, just passed, That's and crazy. I had just seen her. And you know she'll do cremation, but then you have to decide how you're going to divide the ashes up between the children. And I was like, what the fuck? I didn't anything. My mom, my mom was like, yes. Yeah, what you do? I was like, no. What? Why is like. I, I'm sorry, but in the objective sense, like, do you want this dead body? Do you want to cut this? Is she a pie? <laughs> like, I, the, the the idea that we I really want, care I more about something that's not with life, and it kind of goes back to, you know, pro, pro-lifers and all these other things. Like, you yeah. don't care about human life at all. Yeah. At all, you care about the idea of it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's insane to me. Honestly, but my mom already said that we burying her, and I, but like I did, t- I told her, I said, "Girl, I might not be there." She's like, okay, that's fine. No, but she but, doesn't mean that. I mean, but she's dead, so she, like I said, I just wanted her to know that, like. But like you were saying, even if you don't go to your mom's funeral, I do think you know your family has an expectation, and. I just, and but I, and I but I already communicated with this with them. They can have this. I just like I don't pass judgment on how people grieve for people that they didn't care about. I don't expect the, that. you can judge me or not. The boomer generation or generations are not ours. I'm, I'm interested to see how the death process goes because I just don't imagine a lot of us since we are becoming less you know religious and all this mm-hmm. stuff as a, as a culture. I wonder if it's really gonna stick a, around. I think that we're, people get awfully religious when people, people are die. Not, yeah, <laughs> it's that, that's very true. I think that no, I, I think that's wired into human experiences at, at this point where we lean into religion or we lead into something um, more aspirational than just dying. There are eco-friendly uh, coffins. They're out there, um, and I think moving forward, everyone in the world should either do an eco-friendly coffin that you know eventually will turn to soil, right? Um, or decompose, or 
burn a hole. You know what I'm saying? Cremate people, have a little party. Because let's be real, we don't have enough like people, land. We, we, we don't have that's stupid. You're spending land on <laughs> dead bodies and not schools. Homeless shelters help people. It is crazy to me. It is literally I crazy. Live, to I me. live next to four cemeteries in Northeast. All that and, it, and when you think about it, like half of Northeast where I live is cemetery, and that could be just a place to live. Like who is yeah? But, but imagine, but now, like again, and we live in a society now that if we did start building put things on these cemeteries. People, like, oh my god, this will be haunted, bitch. But um, yeah, th- this process has been different. Um, you know, I had to be out of work for weeks, and I've never been out of work for weeks. I've never been anyway out for weeks. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's another layer because when you were when you tell me all this stuff that you were missing work, I was, like, I was stressed for you because in my life. I don't know how I would miss Right. I, I feel like, I mean, again, we're going back to gratefulness. So I feel grateful again that I can work in a job where I do have leave and where I do have bereavement leave. Yeah. And I, I really am extremely, extremely grateful to the school I work at because it There's is. There's something called bereavement leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get Let me tell you. Three or five. HR, y'all right? hear that? Y'all hear that? <laughs> bereavement leave. Vita. Vita. <laughs> If, I'm, if someone dies, don't expect to see me there. For um, you didn't complete paperwork, so I did have to, you know, go back to the hospice and be like, y'all signed this <laughs> to say I was here. But um, I I want to just say a thank you to the school I work at. It, it really it's because it is a uh, all black African American school mostly, and it is more southern. It has that it has that kind of that family aspect. Um, and they were just very understanding. That everyone was just like, "Are you sure you'll be back?" Like I've had people be like, "I was out for two months when my dad died," and and you know what I mean. Like people were like, "Are you sure you'll be back?" Like you can just go with your family at any point, just leave. So I think that has been such a a amazing thing I've experienced. It's just that people really do care, um, which is weird. Also, okay, I'm going to the weird tangent. Now that I'm back at work, people are like more friendly with me. Like I'm having better relationships with people, and I'm like, I don't. You don't need to be friends with me because of this. Bad. <laughs> you gotta get over that. That is weird, though. But, I mean, that's weird, but yeah, but that's don't push that away. No, no, I, I'm okay with it. But I genuinely had better relationships with people. I've literally worked with them every day, and now they're just like way more friendly. And I'm like, because they see you as human, probably. And I and I get that. You don't. I, I think that might be part of it too, because I. You go into this dead other layer. I'm your. I'm, I would say I'm your best friend. We talk every uh, day, and I still think that this has added another layer to you that you don't let the people see. And you, I still haven't even seen the real full. Character. I know. I oh, know. You <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it's hard. I think. I think because. I mean, first of all, we already train in society, right? You don't want to let people see you're weak and vulnerable and all that, all that nonsense, right? Um, but I don't know. It's just like you feel sad sometimes, and then you don't, and then sometimes you don't even know why you feel sad. Like I'm gonna get real. Like I had a dream where in the dream someone told me that you were I was being too removed from the situation and I need to let my emotions out. Like crazy things happen. Like even if you try to repress it, like it comes out in weird ways. So it, it, it's just a process, but I think something that has helped me has been just support, I support from my boyfriend, support from all my best friends um, who were just there for me, who helped uh, me, just checked on me, uh, my 
co-workers and then the family that came like my mom's sisters like never left her like they were always at the house I was like I spent more time with some family that I have never done but all that to say I still wish in our society we would just do you know this now I don't think death should be the thing that brings people together I think we should just be friendly we should just be around each other if we want to be around each other you know without occasion you know what I mean yeah I um ooh that's a, that's mm. <laughs> it does something to people when you talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I, I mean, ever since all this death, um, I just like I said, I like today. I had a, I was driving up here. I was talking to you on the phone, and then I saw a big truck coming, like, and it was on the other side of the lane. But I just had a flash forward of that thing hitting me. Right. And like, I just keep see, I just, like, I don't know how to deal with it. But like, that's honestly, like, no, I have yeah. a huge like thing with death. Yeah, final like, destination is wild. <laughs> I am terrified like the concept I can't wrap my head around it I don't cause to me I'm so crazy with death like then I feel like if I die before anybody that I know then I was just a part of their life and they were not a part of my life <laughs> the competition that doesn't matter <laughs> I, that's a but real, that's real no that, I, mean, I, I mean we get that's the thing I, I think we all have to just treat start just em, embracing death and not that we want to die I mean, obviously, we know that science and research has told us that these positive thoughts and support can help fight off and, you know, disease. You know, I, I obviously, I think my dad was an anomaly and part of it is chance, right? Because science is just more clever guessing because nothing's really accurate. But he's able to surpass, you know, the expectancy by four times the amount. And I think it's about the support and the belief in getting better. So I think, you know, whether you're religious, whether you... um just have a cohort, a small knit, a group that you rely on. That is what it's about. Um, and that's who you lean on. And treat your body nice. Treat yourself nice. Oh, yeah. So if you want to, like, eat better, do yeah, better. There, there's so many people out there that, that just, like, are scared of that, but lean into that. And, like, treat them, like, don't talk about themselves yes, terribly. another thing. People bring food to families, you know, when someone's died. Yeah. Don't bring unhealthy food to the family. <laughs> it's like, it's a counter in intuitive. I got so much, like, fried food, and I was like, this is not helping Girl. Us at all. Well, that, that I got through five, and I'm telling you, I got a nutritionist. Another thing that I'm grateful for is this 25 pound weight loss that I recently had. Yeah, she's skinty, honey. Uh, Adele, girl. <laughs> yeah, you know that revenge body. Um, yeah, I'm just grateful because uh, I think I realized that after what happened to me at work with the guy uh, looking through my files, I lost a best friend through that whole situation. I gained 20 pounds of stress, just stress eating and loneliness. Um, but, uh, you come out like I said. I I now have more control over my eating. I got a nutritionist. I know I'm so much more informed, and I know that this time it's gonna stay. I know when to eat what I want, and I'm kind of retraining my brain. I notice that when I go out to eat, I always think I'm gonna have to have something unhealthy, instead of eating something healthy. And I recently, because last week I had wings twice, which is you know a little too much, but that's fine. Um, I went out to eat with one of my coworkers at three or five, and she and. She got something healthy, which motivated me to get something healthy. But also, I had to break that pattern because I was about to order bur- a burger and fries, and I was like, "No, I gotta order a sandwich right. and a fruit." I, I, it's about life. It's about balance and life. It's a life choice. I, I really, I really resonate with that. When I was back in North Carolina, back in the South, y'all, we need to have laws around the food consumption. I really believe that because it it's was it us. was nothing it's but fast us. food, and it was like the first time I was like, "How am I just living here?" How well, how can I eat healthy and how can I eat that is sustainable? It, it was it was very 
um, eye-opening. So I'm grateful for the experience. And I think that's something when people say lean in, you have to lean into the experience. Um, Obviously, losing a close loved one, losing my father is not something I guess anyone wants, right? Or, you know, can prepare for. But I've had to find the things that I enjoy. Um, And I've always done that. I always find what is cool about this hospital, what is cool about this hospice, what is cool about Mm -hmm. um, just what's going on and looking at the love and the support um, just make me feel better. Um, So it's been a, still is a road, a journey. Uh, but I'm so excited for what what's gonna come up. And it's Christmas, bitch. Yeah, we uh, what, what are you excited for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want Santa to bring you? Oh my gosh, I just want Santa to bring me um, a new set of eyebrows and <laughs> a real dress. Oh my god, we need like, yes. dress. <laughs> that should be the next order. Black market. Yeah, black market. Black Friday. You should get your dresses. Um. But yeah, so we here at Th- at Wait Don't Do It are just thankful for you all as listeners who are continuously joining us on this journey as we change and grow and just be more us. We 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 love this experience. I uh, yeah. No matter what happens with this podcast, I think that this podcast I've grown. I look back sometimes. I listen to old little tidbits of the first episodes. And I just see like the change and the. And like all stars, bitch. Yeah. Um, so and like I said, I've seen so many other people take interest and want to do their own podcast, and I suggest this so much. Have a platform for yourself to advocate for yourself. Live your whole fantasy, even uh, even with the possibility that no one's gonna listen because you're expressing yourself. And I think we live in a society where we don't express ourselves, and when you don't when you don't express yourself, you don't see the room for th- gratefulness or thankfulness. So that's a little tidbit there, but other than that, I think we pretty much have a good Thanksgiving episode. I'm full, right? We're stuffed, full of life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> oh, cute! Um, so thank you all for the support, the love, and just watching us on our journey. Yeah, yeah. we will see you next time. We hope you had a great and loving holiday season. Let's kick it into gear for December, last month of 2019. And if you're in the DC area, I am currently doing my mock schedule for 305. Come so, check around, honey. So I am uh, teaching all through December. I have two more mock classes, and then I'll be official in January. I'm going back to New York. Oh, my and gosh. She's um, So, yeah. I am so excited. I'm so just like, this, this has been a good year. Crazy year, but a good year. Crazy, crazy year, but we're going to end it on a good note, and I'm looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm Rafi. And I'm Nunu Parish, y'all. And this is Wait, Wait Don't, don't do, do It. See you next time. Adios, puto. Mwah. Thank you.